And to know that, um, to be part of a church service where we, we are partaking of a great move uh, in the history of churches. And today, as I stand here, I understand in my spirit that there is something unusual that in this season God is doing in somebody's life. In this season, particular season. The reason I share this is because recently I was, I was uh, hosting some families. I was with some families recently in the last one week. And something that I learned and I understood from my conversations with them was as God is in the business of bringing people to Jesus Christ. I declare it in this house that God is in the business of bringing people who has rejected gospel and walked away, that this is a greatest move in, in, in the history of churches in America. A great revival is outbreaking. You know, I want to let you, our church know some of us have conversations only with families in this house. By God's grace, I have a network of pastors, not just in America, but around the world. In UK, Australia, different parts of the world. And when I have conversations with these pastors, Indian churches, Korean churches, Hispanic churches, when I have conversations with these pastors, they are declaring one thing. And it is the one thing that I understand is that this is a great season in the history of Pentecostal churches. In the history of Pentecostal church. The reason is because God is bringing people back. God is bringing people back. And when God is doing something, I want us to understand that we don't stand behind to watch what is happening. We become partakers of a great move that the Lord is doing in our generation. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I mean, there are times when I've stood here and I felt that, you know, it's really hard for me to preach, but a couple of months ago, I was in my fasting and prayer and I asked the Lord, Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom and courage. When I stand here, Father God, I pray that at least even there is one person who receives the word, I want their life to change completely. And ever since, you know, I walk into this place, even when there is no families, nobody in the pews, I walk around and I sense a mighty anointing of God in this place. And I declare it, wherever you're sitting right now, I spent hours in prayer over that pew, over that seat. And I prayed for you. In my spirit, I prayed for each one of you. And I pray that the Lord will give you great victory in the areas of failures that you're going through. Oh, come on. The Lord is asking me to tell somebody that try once again in your life. Try once again. Believe in God and try once again. You might have gone through a season of failure, but God is asking me to tell you to try once again and you are going to see a great victory. Sante. I don't know whom am I speaking this message to, but I feel a great anointing over my body right now and I declare it, I declare it. If you are that person, I declare over your life. If you are that person, I declare in your spiritual life. I declare in your physical life. I declare in your family life. Ah, hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the vision that you have shown in this house. And I pray over the prophecies. I pray and I declare what you have shown will happen. And in Jesus' matchless name, everybody said an amen. amen. I'm so thankful that this morning, this morning we are joined with uh, some of our family members from uh, Australia, the other part of the world, Australia and different places. And we want to thank you as she was talking to Sister Georgie and she mentioned that she, she partakes within our, for, uh, you know, on live stream 
Uh, and uh, so if you are part of our live stream, you're already family. But still, I'd like to welcome you. Thank you so much. Can we actually put our hands together for every first time um, for our church today? May the Lord continue to bless you, lead you. Thank you so much. We had a wonderful, wonderful time yesterday. May the Lord continue to bless you. This morning, I want to really, really, real quick, I want to get into my, my message for today. And, 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 and on social media, I have... You know, I proclaim this. I proclaim that, you know, Jesus is king. And at Zion Church, on all our social media outlets, on our personal life, we want to proclaim one thing that this season we declare that Jesus is, what's the word? Jesus is king. Jesus is King. And until December 25th, we have a great celebration Sunday for Christmas. And as we are going to do that, I pray that we are declaring on all outlets of our church that Jesus and Jesus alone is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. Hallelujah. And I started my sermon series last week titled Jesus as King based on uh, 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 what has happened in our world. I'm not going in detail with that. And today I want to talk to us about this topic that is in my mind, which is, which is widely being circulated around uh, evangelical churches. It's, it's closed on Sunday closed on Sunday. What a message this morning. And I put up a, a story update on this morning. One of our brothers called me and asked me, Pastor, did you cancel our service today? I'm like, no, no, we didn't cancel our service. We didn't cancel our service. No, it's closed on Sunday because we want to make sure something. What the, the thought behind closed on Sunday is that, is that I have closed certain things in my personal life to be with my King, my Savior. How many of you have walked into a restaurant on a Sunday morning and you feel, and you, and after you walked in and they told you that we are closed on Sunday? Have you ever been here? I did that. And it was Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. When I first moved to U.S., my, my, my family, Anisha and my in-laws, they are here. A huge shout out to my, my parents in love. God bless you guys. They come every six months and feed me, make me healthy. And I thank you and I love you so much. Come on. And everybody, this is a message to you. I love my in-laws. And I want to be an example to the church. Love your in-laws. They are really a blessing from God Almighty. Let me get into my message, right? So, so, you know, seven years ago, when I first came to America, you know, my family took me to this one restaurant called us In-N-Out. Honestly, if you love In-N-Out, I don't like it, you know? <laughs> Sorry for my Arizona fam who is watching this, but honestly, I'm not a huge fan. But they took me to Chick-fil-A. I'm like, this is like church. I can have church services in Chick-fil-A. This was so good. And I didn't know about it. I didn't know anything about Chick-fil-A and, the, and, 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 and what is happening with Chick-fil-A and why they are closed on Sunday. But later one day, you know, I was so hungry. I preached at our church in Arizona. I, I, I drive to Chick-fil-A and only to find they are closed on Sunday. I was like bummed. I'm like, what is wrong? Because businesses make a lot of money, especially restaurants, make a lot of money on a Sunday morning. Because everybody wants to go to, you know, church. And after church, they want to go fill another, you know, main section of their life. And they want to go there. Right? And I, I tried. And they said, we, we, are, we, we close on Sunday. And I'm like, what kind of business will be closed on Sunday. And I want to know. And they declare one thing. It's part of their, who they are. It's part of who Chick-fil-A is. They said, you know, we observe one day as Sabbath. 
in our institution, in our organization, in our company. It's part of our policy that we, 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 we offer this to all our employees that you must take one day, one day off. You must take one day off. We will make enough business Monday to Saturday. And can I tell you, Chick-fil-A is the number one the number one around the globe in, 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 in uh, uh, fast food. And, and I declare the reason, only reason is because they had a policy that they had to make. They had a determination to make that no matter what other companies would say, we don't care. But in, in Chick-fil-A, we declare Sunday we take off. It is closed on Sunday. And that's where I want to bring your attention to. Most of us gather in this room. I know there are families in our church who work two jobs, who work two jobs, and yet they make their way into our church service. We have two services, 9.30 a.m. We have a Malayalam service, a wonderful, energetic, powerful service. This morning, Brother Jijo brought a five, you know, word into our church. We are happy for, for what God is doing in this house. And we're thankful for our English service that starts at 11 o'clock. I am praying that this will grow to the extension of who we are and people will know and come to find Jesus as their personal Savior because we want to make sure that everything else outside in the world is closed on Sunday, but this house is open to worship God Almighty. This house is open to worship God Almighty. You might ask me, Pastor, is it only Sundays? No, I'm not saying that it's just Sundays. I'm saying that any day that you get to celebrate God as a corporate body, take it as a va most valuable thing in your life. Praise the Lord. The first day of the week, I'm going to read a few lines for you if you don't mind. And my worship team asked me, Pastor, don't sing. If you sing, we will resign today. And I'm like, okay. This is how it goes, right? Hold the selfies, put the gram away, get your family, y'all hold hands and pray. When you got daughters, always keep them safe. Watch out for wipers. Don't let them indoctrinate. This words was written by a guy who did not believe in God. This words was written by, written by a guy who, who talked uh, nuisance and rubbish about God in his albums and in his songs. He proclaimed about that. But with one transformation, these are the words. And I didn't write all of those scripture words or the lyrics right here. But I just wanted to put your understanding into this entire portion. Hold the selfish. Put the gram away. Get your family. Y'all hold hands and pray. When you got daughters, always keep them safe. Watch out for wipers. Don't let them indoctrinate. And here there are, there are parents here who have daughters. And one of our father in our church, he made a video. He made a video and he sent it to me. And I told him, bro, you send this video to me. It's going to be published on all our social media outlets. It's going to be, he said, Pastor, please don't do it. Please don't do it. He begged. And this morning, I'm like, he messaged me saying, Pastor, you're the blessing to do, release the video. I want to put that video up. Um, Selfies, 
Put the crime away. Get your family. Don't want to send the prey. Keep the dogs. Always keep them safe. Suffer whiteness. Don't let them be the doctor's name. Close the funding. You might take the leg. You might not go right. Make sure they have my name, bring them to silence, train them in the face, do temptations, make sure they're wide awake, follow Jesus, listen and obey, no more living for the culture with nobody saved. Just put your hands together for one and only Sean. I tell you, this, this, this video just made my day last week. Anisha and I, he sent it to our, we have a personal group with uh, Sean Roshni. Anisha and I, it's like encouragement, encouragement, and encouragement for their family. And Sean, you know, this evening, he, he sent me this video. I'm like, what is going on with Sean? I'm like, he's a pastor. You made me do this video. I'm like, wow, I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you famous and make you stand next to Kanye and sing this song. Come on, church, I need your help as we are going to make this popular on social media. But here's the story, right? The story is father, he's, 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 as Sean is you know, singing those lines yet again, what I want to talk to our church is, is, is closed on Sunday. What are those things that you are ready to close on Sunday to be in a house of worship? We laugh about it, we talk about it, we sing, we hear those songs. But what are those things in your life that you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because I need to be in another place, a better place to worship God. What are the things in our life that we are going to close and be part of a service? I know a friend of mine, he's a pastor of one of the largest churches in Bangalore, India. He said, you know what, uh, he, he had an exam, a board exam that he had to take on Sunday. And he said, you know, if they change the date from Sunday to any other day, I'll take the test. But I'm not going to take the test because it's on a Sunday. It's, it's, it, 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 it messes up my plan for my Sunday service. That was his commitment. I'm not saying, you know, please do that. What I'm saying is encouraging you to understand there's a person who made a commitment that I'm not going to do that because it messes with my Sunday morning worship. There are families in our church who work on Sundays. You may ask me, Pastor, I work and I need to work. What can I do? I can't, I can't quit my job because I'm feeding my family. I totally understand. And I know Brother Gmon here who works on Sundays, but make sure that he attends the Wednesdays or the Saturdays. What I'm sharing at church is, it's not just about one day 
a Sunday. But what I'm talking to you about is in during the day, when do you find time to be part of God's big fellowship? When do you find time to be part of a service? Are you with me, church? As a corporate body, we need to come together. You cannot do church by yourself. Even though God called you, even though God called you that you are the temple of God, you must come to a church. You must be part of a church. Amen. A couple of months ago, I was talking to one of our online members. She is from uh, Indonesia. And I was talking, I, I told her, Sister, I thank you that you watch us online from Indonesia. We have never met, but I do want you to be, pa be part of another church. A physical location where the pastor would come, counsel, be with whether leaders, brothers, sisters, elders who will walk this journey with you. Don't do life alone. Let me read let me read a scripture for you. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away. Listen to me. I read the scripture for you. Listen to me. I read a very, very, very uh, a passage in the Bible that we, have, we must have read and heard a lot of preachings about it. And one of the things that we understand through the scripture here is the first part of the word is on the first day of the week. In, in a workaholic culture like ours, our generation in 21st century has made our, our day begin with Monday. And they say Monday is the first day of the week. But we have to understand in the Christian world, or when the systems or the calendar was put together, Sunday was declared as the first day of the week. It's now Monday to Sunday. It is from Sunday to Saturday. Sunday is the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day where people gather together. And you would say, Pastor, we are in the Middle East and we don't have a Sunday. We have Friday. I know. I understand. But whatever day your government, your system around you has allowed you to come together for a corporate worship. I was in Nepal many years ago. They worship on a Saturday night and a Saturday morning because that's their national holiday. And I'm like, whatever day your country, your legislation allows you to come together as a corporate body to worship, don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss that opportunity. Are you with me? That you must be part of a church. You must be part of a Sunday service at any church that God has given you. If you don't like us, if we are not the cup of your tea, I want to let you know there are many churches around Dallas City, but I want you to make sure that you're part of a church. As a pastor, as a man of integrity, and the leaders of our church would ask you, please be part of a church service that do not do life alone. Bible helps us to understand on the first day of the week. God is very interested about the first in the Bible. We see that God wanted the firstborn or, or the, we see the first fruits. We see God is interested through a Genesis to Revelation. We understand we come across this portion where God talks about 
the first. God talks about the first. I had a sister who, 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 who uh, in our church, in my ministry, who said that, Lord, if you give me a son, the, first, the firstborn, not a son, the firstborn will serve the Lord. The firstborn, uh, uh, you know, after the, the, the child was born, she forgot about the promise. And one day I, decla- I, asked, the, asked, I asked her, did you, you had actually declared that the firstborn belongs to the Lord. What did you do? No, 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 I'm praying for the second one. I'm praying for the third one. God does not forget. Praise the Lord. A lot of us here has, 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 has committed that, that the firstborn in your family will serve the Lord. And I would say not just the firstborn. You should declare that over your firstborn, your secondborn, your thirdborn. And every offering in your family belongs to God and God Almighty. You should declare that. You should declare that over your children. I know they work in different spheres of walks of life, but still they have a great calling over their life. And each one of you guys in this room right now or wherever you are, understand the calling God has placed in your life on the first day of the week. You know what, God? uh, I want to bring your attention. Put God first and you will never be last. Does it make sense? Put God first. First, and you will never, ever be lost in your decisions, in your walk of life, in in the things that you want to do, in the relationships that you pursue. Put God first. Put God first. You will never be last. I I, I, want to challenge us. You know, when we start putting God, what does it mean to put God first? He is the first thing that I run to. He's the first thing that I wake up to. He's the first thing that I sleep to. He's the first thing. He is the first. He is the first. And He is the first. And when He is, you will never be last. In your life, do you, are, are you going through failures? Are you going through a season where you think that I'm not best? I'm not good enough. I am not the, the, the great enough. I can't conquer this. This is very tough. This is hard. I'm going through setbacks and failures in my life somewhere. Somewhere, understand this, somewhere you have put God to be the last in your life or the second in your life. God is entrusted that He becomes the first, the priority over your life. I've written down certain things that I don't want to miss out as I'm speaking today. You know, when um, the, the principle of the Bible is that you give your first to God. He is not interested in your seconds or your thirds. He is checking your heart, your priority. The, the reason why God is interested in the first is because He is checking your heart. Whatever is first and priority in your heart, that is what you're going to do. Have you come across people who say, Actually, honestly, nobody is busy. But it's simply because they have prioritized something over the other. Praise God. When I call a brother, I know you are busy to me. Because I am not in the priority list. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. At least if God is in your priority list, I am honored. Are you with me? Who is in your priority list? Are you too busy for God? He is not. He is working for you. You know what Bible helps us to understand? The God of Israel never sleeps nor slumbers. He works for us. We sang the song, right? God is working for us. He's a miracle worker. 
He's the promise keeper. He is working for us all the days of our life. Every moment, every second of our life, He is working for us. Are we too busy for God? Are we too busy for the works of God? I know a lot of our families and I want to encourage you. Today's message is more like an encouragement. And I want to convict you guys that if you don't find time on a Sunday morning worship because of, only because of your work, only because of your work, only because of find one another day to worship God. To worship God. I'm talking not about a personal, but in a corporate setting. We have a Wednesday night service. We have small groups and other prayers during the week. Be part of one of the services. And I want to encourage our church. You may hate me for this. I don't care, but you must do it. Be part of a service that encourages and builds us all together. Put God first and you will never be the last. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. The women took the spices. These are the spice girls. The spice girls went to meet with Jesus. And they found the rolling stones. Some of you all didn't get it. It's okay. <laughs> On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices. Number two, I want to make sure yeah, that you understand is, can we put the scripture back again? Luke chapter 24, verse 1, that they had prepared. You know, we come to church with a preparation. And, and I hate to see, I hate to see that when people come to the house of God and they care nothing about what is happening in the house of God. Are you with me? When we come to the church, when we come to a corporate body of worship, we must know that we are an important vessel, an important vessel in the house of God. That we must come prepared. And that's the principle. God wants to see a group of people that is prepared to meet with Him. That we don't just wake up and rush to church. That we wake up and prepare ourselves that we're going to meet with God. We're going to meet with our Savior. And young families listening to me, parents listening to me, I want us to understand and I, that our children who are watching us, they must also know that. You know, when I was growing up, my father made sure, made sure, made sure He's not here, so I'm going to share that. He made sure that I prepare my clothes for Sunday morning on Saturday night. On Saturday night. And he will never allow me wear anything that I have wore the previous week. I don't just grab a pair of jeans and wear and walk to... He never allowed me to wear jeans, by the way. He didn't do that. He asked me, he prepared me. He said, for Sunday morning... You prepare yourself on a Saturday night, on Saturday night, and you spend time in prayer. And I'm thankful for the instructions I have received from my dad. And I try to keep it, and I'm trying to teach as Josiah is growing, because I want to pass on something that I have received. And I want to encourage our families here. We prepare ourselves, not just on our clothes, which is outwardly, but even our heart. We prepare ourselves. In our Saturday night devotion, we pray, God, I'm going to meet with my families. I'm going to meet with my brother. I'm going to meet with X, Y, Z. I'm going to sit with that person. Lord, help me that when I meet with that person, that brother or sister, help me, Lord. My word, my interaction, my communication should ignite something in them that they are longing for, they are wanting for. The first day of the week, the women prepared 
the spices. They prepared the spices. It's a long process. I don't want to get into that. They prepared and they went to the tomb. You might say, Pastor, they went to the tomb. We are coming to church. How does it make sense? How does it make sense? They went to the tomb. We're coming to the church. Can I tell you something? A church, a church is a burial ground. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because it is in the church that you bury your past. It is in the church you bury your sins. It is in the church you bury who you were and you become one new vessel for God Almighty. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? It is in the church. The church is, in other words, a burial ground. When you bury your past experience, you bury all that has pulled you away. You bury your sinful life and you say, God, I am here. I need a resurrection in my life. I need the power of resurrection to hit my life. And I am here in the burial ground. The ladies prepared and they went to the tomb. The voice too helps us to understand. They found the stone rolled away. They found the stone rolled away. What a beautiful word of encouragement this, way, this morning. They found the stone rolled away because they were willing and ready to do what they could do. When they, listen to this, when they did what they could do, God did what only He can do. Are you with me? What they did, what they could do. What are you willing to do this morning? What my message, I want you to join, not just hear this and walk away from here, but I want you to take this as a conviction deep in your heart. What are you willing to do in your personal walk? What are you willing to do in your spiritual life? What are you willing to do that you find the stone rolled away? Can I tell you something? If you really, really believe on the scriptures, the moment you start worshiping God in this burial ground, in this burial ground, you will see that resurrection power of God who will remove and roll the stone away. What are the hindrances that are placed in front of you? What are the stones that you see that has been rolled in front of your miracle? What are the stones that you see in front of your resurrection? It's about to be rolled away. I prophesy over your life in Jesus' name. Those stones are going to be rolled away in the name of Jesus Christ. That stone that has stood in front of you, that opposition that stood in front of you, that rejection that stood in front of you, everything that was an obstacle in the front of you is going to be rolled away. Why? Because there's a heart of preparation. There's a heart that says, Lord, you first. Jesus first. And everything else will fall in place. My priority is God. My priority is God. When you put God as the first, He will make sure that nothing is last in your life. My friends, that failures is about to change. That rejection is about to change. You are about to enter into a new sphere and walk of life. Why? Because today you're declaring, Lord, I put you first in my life. In my ministry, I put you first. In my church, I put you first. In my family, I put you first. In my spiritual life, I put you first. In my job, I put you first, Lord. I put you first. What does it mean to put God first? That we won't go against anything that God doesn't like. We won't do things that rejects who God is in our place. I want to read another portion here. I've written it down. I don't want to miss it. As God is exalted to the right place in our life. Listen to this. As God is exalted to the right place in our life, a thousand problems are solved at once. At once. Remember this. When God is exalted to the rightful place in our life, 
God is exalted to the rightful place in my heart, in my church service, in my spiritual life. A thousand problems are solved at once. What are the thousand problems you are facing? You have a lot of prashnam. You have a lot of problem. All of us living in this world, we have problems that we face. Be it in a kindergarten, my Josiah has a lot of problems. Or be it somebody old, everybody has problems. Everybody has problems. When we understand that we give God the priority, every problem is solved at once. Because you have a peace rushing to your heart like never before. You will find your stone being rolled away. And today I want to declare over our church life that you are about to find your stones rolled away in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I remember preaching this message like five years ago. Nothing, nothing related to what I'm preaching right now. But I was speaking that in Jesus' name, your stone is about to be rolled away. There was a, there was a uh, family in our church, an uncle in our church who had a kidney stone problem. Kidney stone problem. Guess what? He went home. He received that word in a different way. I don't know. He went home and he passed out all the kidney stones. Miracles happen in God's way. I don't control it. So I am declaring whatever stones, whatever stones, whatever stones you have in your life, it is going to pass away. It is going to roll away. You are going to see the resurrection power of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Let me really go quickly. Why do you and why do we need to come to a church? Why do we need a fellowship? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I want to just stop right there. You can keep the scripture right there. And let us consider how we may spur one another. The, word, the meaning of that is how we may encourage one another. Why do we need a corporate worship? Why do we need families to come together? Because we must be a group of believers who encourages people. That your countenance should fall on the person and encourage them. What they have not done, what they could not achieve. That when you talk to them, you enable them to achieve that. You spur them. You, you encourage them. Sit next to somebody that wants to encourage, that wants encouragement from you. And let me just ask you, turn to your neighbor and let them know you are good. You are good. Somebody needs to hear that. You're good. Your stone is about to be rolled away. There is something new that God is beginning in your life. God wants to do it. And that's why, and let us consider how we may spur one another. How we may spur one another on toward Love and good deeds. And this is one of the most interesting truths in the Bible that we see. That we may spur one another. We may encourage one another. We support people. We don't push them down. We work with them. We support them. Come over. Thank you so much for being here. We, we support them. We worship. We, we, we worship God in the encouragement to one another that we could do. And that's why God in the Bible wants that we follow this practice. We follow this practice that we are a body of believers that encourages people. That encourages people. That encourages people. One another. One another. I want to thank Brother Sean and Sister Tina and the entire family for being here. Thank you so much. Can we put our hands together and may the Lord continue to bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another. We encourage our people. They need encouragement in their life. There are people here who are going through stuff and walk of life, but they felt rejected and broken and worthless. But they need the encouragement. They can receive that only in a church setting like this. And that's the importance of families, and that's the importance of families coming together. You know, the uh, uh, Bible helps us to understand real quick. I'm going to go into um, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's not part of the scripture, so you, you all don't have to worry about putting that on the screen. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the body of Christ. The body of Christ. How important is the body of Christ? And how different is the, the body of Christ? That, that, that when we look into the scripture, it talks about an ear can't say, an ear will not say, the hand you are not of any use. A hand cannot say, eyes, you are not of any use. Because in a body like ours, you need the eyes, you need the ears, you need the hands, you need the legs. You need the system for in your body to work and to help. And that's the beauty of a church like ours, that there is somebody here who is a visionary. There is somebody here who is creative. There's somebody here who is ready to walk. There's somebody here who is ready to birth. There's somebody here who is ready to evangelize. There's somebody here who is ready to move. There's somebody here who needs an encouragement. You are that person. And that's the beauty of a New Testament church. Because all of us, in our own self, you are worthless. But when you come to the body of Christ, you become useful vessels to the glory of God Almighty. Are you with me, church? Hallelujah. Hand cannot say that I can do all the work. And the hand remains in a room. The hand is in colony. My eyes is in Sunnyvale. My head is in Mesquite. My legs are in Garland. No. That's the beauty of Zion Church. We are people from all over DFW. We are different in our personalities, in our walk of life, in our belief systems, maybe, but still, we come to the house of God and we declare we are one body in Christ Jesus and we become useful vessels for God Almighty. I am I'm right now preaching better than you. Praise, my friend. Praise the Lord. We become part of the body of Christ. That's what is different. That's what is different in this body. That is what different in a church like ours. When you see somebody who does not look like you, you should understand your eye doesn't look like your hand. Your hand doesn't look like your, does it? Now, if, you're all your le- if you're all your body looks like your leg, then you will be an octopus. Octopus. Or you will be like a crab. You know? We don't need crabby people. Some people will get it later. We need the body of Christ. We need the body of Christ. And I know this body is not perfect. This body has weaknesses. And that's why we come to a burial ground. We come to a burial ground. You know why? Because we have a hope in Christ Jesus who is the resurrection of the world, the resurrection of our life, that when we die, when we die, the imperfections of our world. When we die and be part of this burial ground, we be deep down in this burial ground, a new resurrected body arises. 
And that is the hope in a New Testament church like ours, that there is a body of Christ that shines for the glory of Jesus Christ. The body of Christ stands for the truth of the gospel. The body of Christ is ready to walk the extra mile so that there be souls and souls and souls that is one for Jesus. We are closed on Sunday because this house is open for a great work that has yet to happen in our city. In our city. In our city. As God is exalted to the right place in our life, a thousand problems will be solved at once. I'm going to read another portion real quick from, from 10, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Another portion talks in verse 25 shares here, not giving up, meeting together. Can I tell you, there is power in unity. You understand that? You understand that? There is power in unity. And when the body of Christ comes together in unity, you become an army of God Almighty. Oh, yeah. Y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. You become an army of God Almighty in the valley of dead bones. It's a spiritual meaning to it. Let me, let me connect that. In the valley of dead bones. Ezekiel was standing there looking at bones from all over the place. Hand is in another corner. Right? The skull is in Sunnyvale. Or the legs were in Mesquite. Come on, somebody. Your hands were in Carrollton. You were spread out in different places. But one prophet stood in the gap and he declared, by the blood of the Lamb, I declare, bones come to join together. And, and you see an army rose up in that value. That is the same depiction of a New Testament church. Why do I say that? The reason why I share that is because in this valley, we are all different parts of God's body. But I declare today in the name of Jesus, the bodies unite together, families unite together, and we will rise up like an army for God's kingdom. Like an army for God's kingdom. For every nation, their most priceless, priceless, priceless worth is the army. Their strength relies on their my dad served in the Indian Army for 19 years. I have a dear brother, Anoop, who served in the American Navy for five and a half, six years. I'm thankful for our veterans. I'm thankful for our people who served in the defense. We thank them. We, we appreciate for their service. But what I'm sharing here is in our church like this, in a church like this, there is no retirement. Oh, you all didn't get it. You all just wanted to retire at 60 and sit at home, relax. There is no retirement. The moment you become part of God's army, there's a joining date. There's no end date there. You become part and you work. You work hard to fight the forces of darkness together. And you help God advance the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. I want somebody to rise up with me in faith today that we are an army rising for Dallas. We are an army rising for the city. We are an army rising for this nation. We are an army rising up here. Bodies coming together. Bodies coming together. Y'all have no worth. You are useless if you are only in your houses. You become valuable when you come be part of a Sunday morning service. I am glad that families here gather together to worship God. And as I helped us understand earlier in our message, that we must make sure that we find time for God. When you get God put first in your life, He will never make you last. Can I have the worship team around behind me? 
Lord, stand up and transition into a quiet time of accepting this word and, and pressing towards of releasing a prophetic word into this congregation. And I declare, I declare over this house that this house will rise up as an army for God's word and God's kingdom. And that we will be partakers of a great move of Holy Spirit in our generation. That we be part of a great anointing that will be released in our generation as we transition in and as we pause for a moment and understand from the scriptures that was read today. I'm going to read that verse. The first verse that I read for you was from Luke chapter 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. To their surprise and a miracle that happened, they found the stone rolled away. And this morning, I want to declare over this house that when you prepare and you give God the priority in your life, when you walk into a place for worship, you're about to see some stones being rolled away in the name of Jesus. I don't know whom this message has been spoken to, but wherever you are tuning in from, wherever you're watching this, wherever you're hearing this message, but I declare in the name of Jesus that there are some stones that is about to be rolled away in your life. And I declare this as a prophetic utterance over the congregation that you might have come here with many rejections and objections in your life, but today I declare my God is removing that obstacle. My God is releasing an anointing and every stone is rolled away in the name of Jesus. Every eye closed, look to Jesus. He's the same miracle worker, promise keeper, and he never stops working because Jesus is king. Everything else is closed on Sunday. This house is open to worship him. My life is open to worship Him. My family is open to worship Him. To worship Him. Come on, church. I want you to declare. I want you to declare. I want you to declare. That some of us might have taken our priorities for our jobs and work that we missed out attending a Sunday service. A corporate body of worship. Today, I want you to take a conviction in your heart that you will not miss a Sunday service just because you have a work. Or you won't miss a corporate body of worship because you have work or you have an exam or something that you're going through. Everything else is second. God is first. We give Him priority of our life. When we do that, we see the stones being rolled away on the very first day of the week. Very early in the morning, the women, they were weak. They could not do it. By their own abilities. They could not do it at all. They could not do it. They could not do it. But they prepared themselves. They prepared themselves. And they walked. They found the stone rolled away. I release that over your life. I release that over your life. The secret of a happy life. Is giving God the first part of your day. The first priority to every decision and the first place in your heart. My friend, God is checking our heart. He needs to be first. He can't be last. Doesn't need to be second. He's the first. He's the first. We'll sing a song. Worship God. Surrender to Him. The altars are open. If you don't want to walk forward, you can surrender. Commit yourself. Commit yourself. 
And during this time, the offering buckets will also be passed around. We give to God what belongs to Him. But take moments in your life that He is the only one. He is the only one.